Welcome back. This is the Liberty on Fire podcast. I'm your host, Libertarian Tony, and I'm going to be joined by Conservative Joey. So happy that you're here joining us. If this is your first time, then thank you for being here. If, on the other hand, you are a dedicated and regular listener, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate that you come and listen to each and every show. Hey, Joey, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me back on. I'm doing good. And I got to say, I just got a little pissed off about something. And you, you witnessed it, but I erased it. Um, just started talking to you, and then my phone started talking back to me. And it was that stupid Siri thing. It's just like constantly listening to all my conversations and, you know, looking to jump in and get involved uh, with what's going on in my life. I can't believe that. Yeah. Is that a fact by now? It's definitely listening because I'll have ads for something I never looked at before, but just somebody around the office talked about. Then, you know, next thing I know, I'm on like Facebook or something and I see an ad for that thing that they talked about. It's really creepy shit. Have you had that happen before? I don't know. I haven't noticed the ads part from talking, but obviously whenever I'm looking, you know, when I was looking for stuff for the house, when we were doing construction, um, no matter what website I went to, I was getting ads for, you know, buying like kitchen cabinet knobs and things like that. So I was getting pushed ads for things that I had looked at on a completely different website. Yeah, it's really weird, a, a little bit creepy, but I can't tell if I if I don't like it or like it because I was kind of interested in what they were talking about. Yeah, and then I got the ad for it. And I'm like, okay. Well, I can, yeah. Anyway. I could say it's creepy though when all of a sudden your phone just starts talking to you. Oh yeah, that is weird. Yeah. Anyway, uh, there's a whole bunch of crap we could talk about. We can do anything today from foreign policy to more Trump stuff and impeachment. Um, I, I did want to start with some of the recent polls. And obviously I'm talking about the polls of the Democratic you know, presidential nomination. I don't know what site to use for this. I just I like going to realclearpolitics.com because they do an average of all the polls. I don't know if you used them before or not. No, I mean I don't why even I don't even bother looking at polls after what happened in two thousand sixteen. Well, I mean, that there's, there's definitely some merit to you at that point, that's for sure. I, I don't know. I just, I don't know if it makes sense right now to look at the state polls, you know, for where the primary voting is going to start, or look at the national polls. I mean, I, I'm not a political uh, expert or not, but, it, it, you know, so are, there, there's not a lot of political experts out there anyway, because a lot of them, probably 98% of them got the 2016 election wrong anyway. I didn't get it wrong. Does that make me an expert? You are probably more an expert than they are now. Yes. Nice. Um, anyway, so we had that Democratic debate. And since then, I'm going to talk about like what's been going on in these polls real quick. Actually, let's, let's flash back a little bit to like May. So let's say in May, Biden was at his height. Biden was at a 41.4% in May. And at the same time, Bernie Sanders was at 14.6%, and Warren was at 8%. Okay, so now if you come forward from May, and I'll give you the current numbers. So current numbers we have, and this is on real clear politics, so I'm not making this up. You can, you know, you might find a different poll that disagrees with this. You have Biden at 27, so he went from 41 to 27. 
Okay. Warren is at 21.8, and Sanders is at 17.3. So Sanders hasn't moved much at all. I mean, if you look at the chart on Sanders, he's basically flat. However, Warren has surged. I mean, her chart is only rising. Um, Biden has come down. So Biden has come down almost as much as Warren seems like has gone up. So that that's, I guess, a shift, right? The other thing I want to mention is two more people, or maybe three. Kamala Harris was at her height in July. And I think it was after the debate that Tulsi Gabbard like kind of nailed her on. She just plummeted since then. So she was at 15% in July. And now... She's at 5.3. Am I getting that right? 5.3 for Kamala. Yes. Okay. Buttigieg is at 7% right now. And my favorite of this crazy bunch is Tulsi Gabbard. She's at 1.3%. But she used to be less than 1%. So, you know, what is I don't know what that means. Basically nothing. And now, I guess, I don't know if this is something you've been hearing or seeing on the news, but... It kind of sounds like Hillary Clinton might want to get back in. I mean, otherwise, I'm not too sure why she would start calling out Jill Stein and uh, Tulsi Gabbard as being some sort of Russian agents and still, you know, blaming the 2016 election on the Russians and the FBI or whatever she wants to blame it on. What do you think about Hillary getting back in? Um, I think if she wants back in and that's why she's kind of um, piping up again, it's a little bit delusional from her end that she thinks she has any sort of chance. I don't think she's got any chance of winning again. She lost the first time. She's not going to win again. So does she want to go through it and get embarrassed? Or And, you know, she was so upset the first time that she didn't even come out, you know, and see her audience after they, you know, after they made the decision. So I, I don't think she's... I don't know. She might be delusional. Will she be get the nominee though? I mean, I think she prop she probably could at this point get the nominee. So maybe that's enough reason to you know come out for her. I think the Democrats are not really content with the the nominees right now. Okay, so that's an interesting point. And I have a uh, I guess a reason why I think she could be popular if she started to run again. Okay. Uh, I wonder if it's the same as yours. So my th- theory is that in a sea of socialists, even Hillary Clinton looks kind of normal. What do you think? Well, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, that's why I think she would beat the current people. I, I think that's why there's the people are not totally happy with the candidates pool of candidates right now. It's not a great pool of candidates. So uh, yeah, I think if Hillary came out, she would be a little bit more moderate. And yeah, they're they're kind of starving for someone like that's just a little bit less crazy than the crop they have right now. I think if I always said I said a while ago if Michelle Obama went in she would it would just be game over you know I don't think you agreed with me but I still I still stand by that. I guess that's probably true. I don't know. I I just I mean she has no political experience at all. But maybe that doesn't matter anymore. I don't know. Maybe maybe it shouldn't matter. I mean it doesn't matter anymore. And I think it's almost on the on the flip side it it almost it almost matters in a good way. As I mean, I think that's what happened with the GOP. You know, I think people on our side were, were sick of the politicians and these career politicians, and they didn't want you know want 
those people back in office anymore. And I think that sentiment exists on the Democrat side as well. It's just it's universal. It's all politics. It's all tired of the games that goes on, the BS. So people who are not, you know, career politicians and don't have experience, I think are a little more welcomed right now. I mean, that's why Trump had the appeal he did. And during that GOP time, the the three guys who were the top at one point in time were not your normal career politician types. You had Ben Carson, who was leading for a while, an outsider to politics. You had Trump, who was leading for the most time, an outsider to politics, and wanted to drain the swamp, all that talk. And the other guy at one point was was Cruz. And yeah, he's, he's a career politician, but Cruz was the guy that was fighting his own party. He was like the guy that the rest of those Republicans and, and, and congressmen didn't like because he was always battling them and fighting them. So... And, he, and those three all fault the media. I think a similar sentiment sort of exists with, with Democrats. They might be kind of sick of those. You know, you, you can see the BS from guys like Booker and and uh, what's what's the one guy's name? The Texas guy. Uh, Beto. Beto. You can see the BS from these guys. And but no, Biden. Biden's super old and, you know, and, and boring. And Bernie is a kook, you know, no offense. I'm sorry. I know some people like Bernie, but and he's super old and he's already lost to Hillary. So it's I don't know. I think an outsider is almost welcome at this point. Yeah, I, I think I think Beto is really toast. I mean, I think most of these candidates. They all obviously. are. I mean, the three the three that you got to really be focused on now is those three in the lead. I don't, I don't think anybody's going to be making a surge up. Right. But I, I mean, I don't think just Beto's toast in the national you know, uh, I guess, situation here in politics. But I think even in Texas, he's done, right? How, how can anybody in Texas vote for this guy again after the things he said about possibly going after churches for their tax-exempt status, uh, if they refuse to marry, you know, a gay couple, and then going after everybody's guns and just taking them and making, you know, thousands and thousands of people, probably hundreds of thousands of people, you know, like all of a sudden a criminal overnight. So I think his career is is over. Maybe he doesn't know it yet, but in my opinion, it's over, especially in, in that state. Right? Maybe he'd be fine in New York or California, though. Yeah, that's the crazy thing is like 10 years ago, all those one of those things that he said would have instantly made his career over and it would have been obvious. All right. In today's day, it's like you think it would, but and it may, but you don't even know. Yeah, people are saying crazy things. And it's just like another day. No, no real surprise. Well, I mean, the country has been constantly drifting towards the left for the past 240 years, just as it's almost in lockstep with the size of the government getting bigger and bigger and bigger over 240 years, right? And that's how the left uses their politics. They need the government to force the things that they want to, I guess, accomplish, whereas most of the, I guess, the people on the right are kind of more live and let live and don't bother me, I don't bother you, and that doesn't that doesn't work for the the true progressives. Yeah, well, it's it's just they have almost in the entirety of Hollywood and mainstream media on their side, and when Hollywood gets to push whatever liberal agenda and sort of point of view in all their shows and movies and TV shows, cartoons, it's just no stopping it. Well, and and don't forget the universities. So yeah, they have the the intellectual. I guess uh, people out there are the ones that are kind of pushing the leftist agenda from I, right on early on in school, 
Uh, and the, all these kids grow up with that, and they're bathed in it, and then they go out and start working, and then they think that way. Maybe some of them switch sides after they get their first paycheck and see how much taxes are taken out, but maybe not. Um, anyway, so yeah, I guess it's interesting to talk about Hillary getting back in. I agree with you that, yeah, to her and maybe to some other kind of powerful Democrats in the background, probably Pelosi, you know, this impeachment thing may not work out. But then when they're think, sitting back and thinking about it and looking at the candidates out there, I think, you know, they're probably thinking the same thing you and I are, that Biden is probably too old and he makes too many mistakes and probably can't beat Trump or Trump will make him look bad in, in debates. They yeah. think that Bernie is probably too old and, you know, he's a socialist, so the country might not be ready for that yet, so he might not be able to beat Trump. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, I mean, she's really no different than Bernie other than being a female uh, and, you know, lying about several things about how she's going to pay for her Medicare for All plan and uh, lying about being an, an Indian. So she's, you know, an affirmative action fraud. So I, there's, there's not, like, the top three people I think the Democrats, like the power brokers in that party are probably like, shit, we can't win. Yeah, I've been saying that for a while. But I think Hillary has one good selling point to sell her party. And that's just on the fact of who can come the closest or who has the best chance of beating Trump. Because that's, you know, what the main thing to care about is. And she's already won the popular vote against Trump. That's a good you point. Know, so she, she came close you know, maybe one or two more states and she has it. And that's, that's going to be, that could be a huge selling point because no one else can really boast that they would even win a popular vote against Trump or it even be close. And, and you know, she's a, a power hungry, evil person. I mean, so I could see her getting back in just to try, um, try again, I guess, right. She lost to Obama and then she lost to uh, Trump, but you know, maybe three times a charm for her. Yeah. Like I said, I don't think she has any shot. I almost think it's just like another guaranteed win for, for Trump if she did go in. But I do think she would get the nomination. She has the best you know, selling point as far as like she can take on Trump. And, and uh, I, I just she ha- there would have to be a little bit of delusion on her part that she thinks she can win this time or that it just doesn't matter. Maybe there's something in it where if you're the nominee, you know, that's that's good enough for her. I don't know why. Dude, how awesome would it be if she got back in and she ran and Trump beat her again? I mean, I would, oh my God, I'd be so happy. Yeah, well, how Yeah, how terrible would that be for her? That's why I'm not sure why she wouldn't. I know. Well, all right, so let's get past uh, this part of the, I guess, episode on, you know, about Hillary. We'll see what happens. But, you know, I, I have my sneaky suspicions, as do some others, that she's going she's gonna to run this year. And uh, let's talk about, I guess, the article you sent me on uh, this transgender male uh, winning a, was it, oh no, uh, there's, so there's a couple of things here, right? So one is the article you sent me on a little boy whose mom is a pediatrician and wants to turn the boy into a girl using hormones, okay, and then this kind of I guess, brings us into the whole topic of transgender. And earlier in the year, you have the Democratic Party passing a, uh, I guess, 
something in the House called the Equality Act, right? And so the Equality Act, which was only passed in the House, it never made it to the Senate, and there's no way Trump would sign it. Um, I think pretty much every House Democrat uh, co-sponsored this bill requiring schools to allow male athletes who identify as transgender girls to compete on female sports teams. And I think you and I probably talked about this privately before, but we never turned it into a podcast episode. So we might as well get some of this out now, which is kind of uh, interesting to talk about all in one package. So I guess the, the act, the aim would be to amend the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and make sexual orientation and gender identity one of those protected characteristics under the anti, you know, federal, or under the federal anti-discrimination law, right? And among other things, the bill is going to, like, force public schools to expand the female athletic teams to include, bi- to include biological males who identify as transgender girls. So what do, what do you, let's talk about this first and then get into the whole, you know, what the, what's going on with the mom, dad, and the kid situation. Well, what do I think about that? I don't even know how to talk much about that other than I feel like that is really stupid. I mean, I don't even know what else really I could say about it. Is this just for high school, by the way, or is this going to college as well? Because wouldn't it be like a kind of a scam where you're like a boy, you're just going to act like your girl so you can get a full ride scholarship on like some sports team in college? Well, that's a good point. Uh, I don't know. I think it's just forcing public schools, but I don't know that there is an age cutoff and you have to think that under the right administration, uh, you know, colleges and universities, they take tons of government money. So you can have an administration saying, hey, if you want that government money, you have to comply with the Equality Act. I mean, that, that would be the next thing that happens. <laughs> Full rides. I mean, every I don't really know. It's just a d- really dumb thing because obviously they're genetically guys. There's a lot more testosterone in the body, their muscle development, bone density. You know, they're just going to perform better athletically, obviously. So your your high school record books are going to would one day be filled with completely transgender. I don't even what what it's called transgender boy, transgender girl. They'd be completely filled with boys who think they're girls. So Joey, are are you transphobic? Are you the type of person who thinks that men and women are different? Uh, I think, yeah, obviously men and women are different. Uh, Unfortunately, that gets you labeled transphobic now, so I I don't know. I guess maybe I am. It's like, yeah, that's what we get called, transphobic. I'm not – there's no fear. There's no dislike for if I met someone who's trans. It's just – I'm at the spot where can we at least talk about how, you know, some of these things are a little absurd? Yeah, no, I agree. And then I'll weigh in as a physician and say, I do believe men and women are different. And if that gets me in trouble, well, so be it. You know, that's just how I feel about it. I have, I don't know how many years of studying science and biology to back that up. But, you know, if uh, someone in the future, like in a adult decides that they want to, you know, they felt like they're in the, the wrong body their whole life and they're male and they felt like they should have been a girl and they want to, you know, make that transition to do the hormones and the sex change operation. Well, I mean, go right ahead. But you, you can't, you can't confuse tolerance and acceptance, right? So I can tolerate that, your, your feelings on that. And I can tolerate transgender 
people to the point where if you want to do it, go right ahead. I'm not going to stop you, but I don't have to accept it, meaning I don't have to think it's normal, and I don't have to think that it's right for you to be treated as a girl, right? Yeah, and, and it's and it's a little it, it's definitely a little bit dicey when you get into you, you prefaced that all with saying when you're an adult, right? Correct. I mean, because obviously we have things going on right now where there's little kids who I don't know are they don't know what reality is, and maybe they they want to be a they say they're a girl and then they're getting put on hormone blockers, you know. Obviously, that's just that's just straight up wrong. I don't know what age you should be allowed to. You know, I don't know if 18 when if you're 18 and you're you're finally like I'm still you know feel like I'm a girl and I want to be, at that point you can you know get on them on your own accord or if it's a little younger, you know I don't know like maybe if you're 16 but there's yeah there's a little bit of a weirdness uh, around that. Right. I mean it's obviously it's like a complex issue. Yeah, it is complex. I mean, how could you want to deny someone who you know born male and but from as early as they can remember, they felt like they were a girl. Right. How would I, you know, I, I wouldn't feel right saying, no, you're not, and you can't be ever a girl. That doesn't make sense to me, as I believe in, in a personal freedom or individualism uh, to its fullest extent. So, yeah, but, as, but at some point, you have to draw a line, and I don't know if we have to go down the legal route of, like, okay, it, as soon as you're considered emancipated, you're allowed to make that decision, you know, but is it going to be kind of gray? There's going to be like a gray zone somewhere between who knows what ages, 14 and 18, maybe, because at what point do you allow someone to make that sort of decision? Sorry, I was going to say, because, yeah, because these are life-altering things. Once you start doing hormone blockers and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, totally. And, I mean, because we don't allow children to enter into contracts, right? They don't, they're not allowed to be, or they can't be held to a binding contract, and, you know, they're not allowed to get married up to a certain age, you know. So it, it's interesting that we would all of a sudden change the rules here. We're letting the parents make the decision for the kid. So, I don't know, is this some sort of, you know, you could call it child abuse, where you have a certain type of progressive parent that really wants this to happen for some reason. Maybe they really believe in it, or they're politically motivated. I have no idea. But, you know, for us to look the other way, I think, is, is a problem. But at the same time, it's a complex issue. Yeah, it is complex, and the age is, is a weird thing, because... If you're a four-year-old or five-year-old thinking you're a different gender, I would personally deny that freedom of the four- and five-year-old. I don't think a four- or five-year-old has the same freedoms of everything because they don't understand reality and their brain's not even fully developed or anything. They don't, you know, they don't, there's not understanding there. So, so I would be, you know, deterring it. But if at one point it continued, then I, I'm, I would have to be like well i guess they are whatever they think they are or they they're that's the way they're going to be for the rest of their life so time to get on board but there's a there's got to be some sort of transition a certain time i mean you can't just allow a four-year-old to go and on hormone blockers and gender changing chemistry stuff because they think they're a different gender at that age yeah i agree i don't think any child or probably any child under 14 even can make that decision on their own i think that's right i I don't know what the age is but 
there's got to be a cutoff when they they at one point when they start to become more of an understanding of reality maybe that's when it can be you know a little more serious but uh, i'm not really sure okay um so i guess there's a couple of things i want to talk about in relation to this and one is just some examples for our listeners of you know some of these transgender athletes dominating you know women's sports uh, there was an example in Connecticut where two male runners uh, dominated high school track and a bunch of the girls on the team just felt very demoralized about it and they spoke out against it. There was the case of uh, Fallon Fox, uh, was a transgender, uh, transgender MMA fighter and beat her female uh, opponent, Tamika Brents, so badly that she suffered a broken skull. So I don't know if you have heard of that one or saw that one in the news. Anyway, so Tamika went out and spoke about it. And let me read you her quote here because it's kind of interesting. She says, I fought a lot of women and have never felt the strength that I felt in a fight as I did that night. I can't answer whether it's because she was born a man or not because I'm not a doctor. I can only say I've never felt so overpowered in my life. And I am abnormally strong female in my own right. I still disagree with Fox fighting. Any other job or career, I would say go for it. But when Mm -hmm. it comes to a combat sport, I think it just isn't fair. And I would happen to agree 100% with Tamika on this one. But I want to give you some more examples. We got this Rachel McKinnon, who is winning, uh, I guess, the cycling uh, championships left and right and you know setting world records in women's cycling as a transgender male we have a uh, transgender weightlifter in australia it won an international competition this was back in march uh, beat the next wo- i guess runner-up a woman by 20 pounds which is actually quite a bit in uh, i don't know if you know anything about you know weightlifting but that's, that's mm-hmm. a lot. Usually they win by much smaller amounts of weight. Mm-hmm. Um, another transgender cyclist, Jillian Bearden, uh, is this, I guess, a native from Chicago, uh, no, from Colorado, or set a record in some other cycling tournament. And um, I don't know, these, these examples just go on and on. Franklin Pierce University track runner, Cece Telfer. So all of a sudden, this transgender athlete who couldn't compete as a man, then signed up as a woman and, you know, claimed the title. So, yeah, I mean, it's obvious that men and women are different. To not think otherwise, you wouldn't be comfortable with facts, right, or reality. Um, You'd have to just be so bought into some sort of agenda that men and women aren't different, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, speed, strength, size muscle recruitment, you know, fast switch fiber muscles. I mean, it's, yeah, then that's something that the guys all have an advantage over a female. So, and, and as with the transgenders, so obviously, I mean, even if we were talking about age and what age you want to get on board and you allow them to get on board and you allow yourself to get on board with your kid, say it was like 14, whatever it is, I still wouldn't ever say, okay, they should be competing in, in that gender, you know, that gender's athletics. That's just, it's, they're just going to dominate. I mean, I don't really, I mean, why would I care, I guess, if they're dominating high school? It's not me. I'm not competing. If I was competing and I was a girl, I would care. Right. Yeah. And I have 
two daughters. So, I mean, it's for me, this is something that could start happening soon if this is becomes more widespread. And I, uh, I mean, just anecdotal example, uh, taking my girls to soccer, they both like it. One of my girls happens to be a little more aggressive than the other one at soccer, and she does better. And then when the girls and boys team up at times for in practice, not in the games, but in practice, the boys are just leagues better. I mean, they're running circles around the girls. You have one or two girls that are good, but even the best girls are you know, completely overshadowed by the boys in this age group, in this six-year-old age group. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to sound like we're rubbing in on girls here, but it, there was that story where the high school boys soccer team faced an actual pro females team and just completely destroyed them. I always thought that was funny. I mean, I thought the left was supposed to be in favor of women's rights, right? Aren't they all about abortion and reproductive health? But it just seems like, are they going against women when it comes to sports? Well, they get themselves in a bit of a weird philosophical and logical pickle because they're all, they're always about equality, gender equality, and there is gender equality. They're acting like there isn't with all the stuff that you know doesn't really exist as an issue. But part of it is in their in their agenda is you know there's we're the same to a T. Everything about us is the same. And in that case, it doesn't matter if there's a boy who thinks he's a girl because we're all the same until you get onto like the competitive field in sports. And uh, obviously we're not the same and it's proven in plain sight when uh, just a random transgender boy comes in and dominates the 100 meter dash. To sum up some of what I've been saying here is like, I, I mean, I have a big problem with people trying to tell me that it's fair for transgender males to compete in female sports. And, you know, I, I guess if it's for like something like chess that doesn't require to use your body, right? All you got to do is move a little chess piece. That's a different story. But when it's a physical sport, then I have a serious problem with it because yeah, I, I think they're, they're totally throwing women under the bus here. And for the past however many years they want to say they've been fighting for women's rights and equality, they're just really doing them a disservice and stabbing them in the back now. Yeah, they'll, they'll have to wake up to this if it ever, like, really takes off. But, yeah, I mean, it, it would be dangerous if your girls were in uh, wrestling one day and they were allowing transgender boys, whatever it is called, into wrestling to keep to compete against them. That would be kind of dangerous. Absolutely. I mean, I mean to me, the solution is kind of obvious, right? You should be forced either to compete as a, you know, as your biological uh, gender, right? So if you're biological male, well, then you should be forced to compete that way or create a whole separate category of transgender athletes and then they can all compete together. To stick the transgender males in with the women is just completely unfair to the girls and the women who have been training their whole life for a certain sport only to be, you know, overshadowed and dominated by someone who's not biologically the same as you. Yeah, there's not enough to create a whole different you know, transgender event, you know, on a county by county basis, probably. So they're in just a little bit of a weird spot if you're transgender. I mean, you, you're going to have to compete with the gender that you, you biologically are in. Yeah, I'd say you're probably right about that. However, I think, I think there's enough rich leftists out there that they could put money together 
uh, privately and set up some sort of fund where they could bring in transgender athletes from all over the place, from all over, let's say, the United States, and let them compete against each other, right? And I, I think that I think that could work out locally. Yeah, they would still probably have to practice uh, somehow with maybe their their biological, uh, I guess, gender. But then when it came to actually competing in a way, uh, there's probably a way you could probably do it. And in certain states, maybe California and New York would probably have more transgender athletes, and then maybe other states could bring in their athletes and let them compete locally there in those spots where there's more of them. But yeah, I just think it's way too unfair to, you know, our, uh, our girls and women who have been working in this sport for a long period of time to just all of a sudden have a male jump in and, and beat the hell out of them. Yeah. Well, I think it's stupid. Just simply put. (laughs) Very eloquent. Okay, so I know I kind of went off on a major tangent there, and we never really talked about this child. So I think this kid is, what, seven years old? And his name is uh, James, and the dad has a website that's called SaveJames.com, so I wanted to get that out there. But anyway, mom and dad are divorced, and the mom's a pediatrician, and the dad is trying to raise money uh, to you know, help protect his child because the mom, for one reason or another, has decided that her son is a girl. And maybe the boy feels that way, but supposedly the boy's been being told that by the mother now for years, that you're a girl and you're not a boy, despite having you know all the male genitalia. So th- that's the dilemma we're at. And then, of course, it got legal. And recently, a jury ruled that the father didn't have a say, but then was just today blocked by a judge saying that the father could have a say in the transition, the the gender transition of of the seven year old. So yeah, and, and to add a little more context to it, I think you can tell me if I'm wrong. He claimed it was a form of you know child abuse, what was going on, and wanted sole custody of James, the kid, and that's what was brought to the courts, and, and the courts turned down, from what I understood, turned down that um, him getting sole custody and instead actually gave sole custody to the mother. As happens a lot of times in these court cases. And yeah, I mean, that's where I guess the whole equality thing goes out the window, right? Because 99% of the time in any kind of divorce case, and unless you can, you know, demonstrably prove that the mother is like a risk to the children, she always ends up with the I guess the majority of the custody, right? It's never 50-50. It's always tilted towards the mother. And I, I guess they do that for biological reasons, right? Like women are supposed to be more nurturing. But then, you know, they te- the, the leftists and people in general, they want to throw biology out the window when it comes to the gender, right? Like the, the real biology, like are you born as a girl or a boy? And I just think it's weird because this case, they had to look at things like, does the kid have the truly have the freedom to claim he is this gender, the one that he feels, or is he being pushed or coerced? They had to look at this kind of stuff. It's just bizarro world to me because you're taking this stuff as if it's like scientific fact now all of a sudden, whatever the progressives are stating, you know, the new revelations are when it comes to sexuality and gender, as if... You know, we've had a huge thousands of years of history of it being one way. 
you know, you're there's two genders, a man and a woman. And then all of a sudden, no, like they came and said, here's the facts and here I'll prove it to you. I, I, here, here's the proof. And, and this is the way it works now. It's, and it's just not the case. Like you said before, it's very complex. It's very complex. And it was like 30 years ago, you know, as far as like being gay or not, they, they weren't sure if you were born that way or it was a choice. They thought, okay, I think it's a choice. And then you get to like the 80s and 90s and it's, no, you're born that way. And now even today there's some, you know, talk about, oh, it's a choice or it's it's your environment adapts you to become that way. All this stuff is not like sound, concrete science with, with facts and they can show you the way it is. It's just changing like every five years. Like every five years there will be a different way of, of putting it. And you have a court making decisions off of this kind of thing. Like, like they know as a matter of fact, you know what I mean? It's just weird to me. Dude, but the science is settled just like climate change, right? No, it's even, I think this is, this is whole topic's even less settled, <laughs> but uh, apparently you're allowed to, you know, have this go to the court and the court can rule in a, in, uh, in favor of whatever progressive, you know, flair is going on this few years. Yeah. You know, what's weird about this one too? Or, or, or peculiar to me, the mom, when they came up, the, 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 apparently the kid's name when he's with the mom is Luna, right? Right. And when he's with the dad, his name is James. And that's part of the dad's complaint because he's like, he has his mother afford, authority figure telling him he's Luna. He has the school telling him that. You know, he has well, everyone else. And when he comes home to me, he says he doesn't even want to be Luna. He wants to be James. So he's clearly doesn't, he, he doesn't know what's going on. He's confused. Right. So, but apparently, this is what I thought was kind of interesting. The mom, when they were looking for a female name for him, he he originally chose Starfighter, after the TV show. One of the characters in that show, um, what was it called? Teen Titans Go. So, what do you what do you th- do you have any thoughts on that? Because I have a couple on that. Uh, not about that particular thing, but I'll, I'll let you go with it. So he chose the name. And by the way, his mom said, no, no, let's not go with that. And let's go with maybe Luna or this and that. So he chose the name Starfighter after a TV show, Teen Titans Go, an action show about these heroes that are kicking butt. Doesn't that tell you the frame of mind that the kid was in? He's just looking to to relate to like a hero cartoon character that has like superpowers like everyone else. You know, like every other kid or whatever, that when they just, I mean, he, what I'm saying is he's not clearly not living in reality when, when he's saying this is what I want my name to be. He's just, oh, I want to be Starfire or whatever her name is. Just like a, a three-year-old might say, I'm a T-Rex today. You know what I mean? Mm. It's and They're actually, and then the, the second thing, so I'm, what I'm saying is the kid, he, he doesn't know, you know, I'm choosing a girl's name or not. He just wants to be this character you saw on TV. The mom declines that name and is picking out trendy, popular names for transgender kids and wants to go with Luna. So it, you could clearly see the mom egging the whole entire thing on, in my opinion, just from this whole name-choosing thing. Do you think the kid sat there and Googled what's the trendiest names in 2019 for transgender kids? He had no idea. He doesn't know what Luna is a cool name. She probably sold him on it because it's like a name from Harry Potter. You know, Luna Lovegood, and he's probably like, oh, that that works. I like Harry Potter. But the mom's driving this show, and I think it's, like, sort of hypocritical, too, with these pro- super progressive parents. And this one is a super progressive crazy parent, obviously. When they say, let's allow our child to have 
the utmost freedom in everything, right? They can choose their gender. Okay, you want to be your girl. I think you're a girl. Okay, and what do you want your name to be? Starfighter after Teen Titans Go. Uh, nope. Let's. Uh, how about we go with Luna? You know, because hmm. uh, don't you find that a little hypocritical? Yeah, I mean the the kid's not, I guess, smart enough yet to pick a new name, but is smart enough to pick his gender. He's free enough to pick his gender. But not quite at the name. I'm like, let me come in here as mom and correct that a little bit. Let me be a mom and and and, and you know kind of stamp that one off as a no, and maybe uh, suggest a few. I mean, there you go. I mean, this is where it's coming from. The mom is some crazy progressive radical, and she's she's just driving this whole thing. And just like the dad's complaining about and wanted sole custody because the mom is forcing the kid to to become a girl. I mean, the kid doesn't know anything. He, he this is child abuse because. He could be easily, he could be 16 or 17 or whatever age, and it all was a big mistake because he didn't know what he was doing, and it already ruined his life. Right, and in situations like this, too, it's like you could do something that can really mess you up later on in life and make really bad decisions that will, I mean, just as an adult, you can make plenty of bad decisions that really screw you up years down the road, and here, it's not even his choice. It's like he's having the choice like fostered on him by a parent who dresses him in dresses when he's with the mom, paints his nails, puts glitter in his hair, and, and puts like little bobby pins in his hair too. Yeah, and if she gets sole custody of him, he will be on the hormone blockers that cause apparently chemical castration over time. All I mean, when he's older, his life could be completely ruined from this, Something that he completely regrets because he was a kid who had no idea what he was doing and what reality was. So it, to me, it is also a form of child abuse. And it's just crazy that the, so far the the courts have ruled against the dad here. Well, at least we got that one judge that kind of at least almost put a stop to it, at least that he he's allowed to have a say. So who knows where it's going to go from here. We'll have to keep an eye on it. That judge is probably just transphobic. Like you are. Right. Okay, so... I think that's a, a pretty reasonable discussion that we had on this, Joey. I don't really have anything else to add. I obviously, I don't care what gender you are. You know, if you are a male or a female, you're trans, and you want me to use a pronoun that you prefer, that's fine. I'll, I'll call you whatever you want. And you just tell me what you want me to call you, and uh, I'm still going to treat you as nice as I treat anybody else. You, you can't force me to think differently. You can't force me to think that this is all completely normal. And so in the back of my mind, I'm going to be still like, ah, this is something just a little odd about it. And I, I think you're right, Joey. I think we have to put our foot down in certain situations when we think uh, when children are, are being abused. If an adult wants to make a transition, then that's fine because we believe in freedom. But if parents are doing it to their children, I think that that's a serious problem and can develop into one down the road, that's for sure. Well, that will do it for today. Thank you all for listening to the Liberty on Fire podcast. Please do me two favors. Number one is to share the show. Remember that we want to continue to advance the message of individual liberty, and sharing and growing the show is one of the best ways to do that. The second favor is to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. A five-star rating is much appreciated. Also, please check out our website, libertyonfire.org. Thank you very much. And until next time, let's keep those fires of liberty burning bright. Yeah.